Welcome to the One Right Church podcast, where we will discuss what it's like to believe that you attend the only right church. My name is Mark Shaw, and I spent the first 45 years of my life in the Followers of Christ Church in Oregon City, believing I was in the One Right Church. Our hope is that by simply sharing our story, that we would urge people to look to the Bible for answers instead of their religious traditions. We want to encourage people to trust in Jesus for their salvation and not in attending the One Right Church. Let's get started. Well, hey, Scott. Hey, Mark. Hey. Oh, so uh, normally you kind of start off with something, but um, as I know you're aware, something's come up that uh, we probably should talk about. A couple of weeks ago in the news, there was a baby who died uh, followers, and I know that brought up a lot for you, and uh, really for a lot of people. I actually heard from several people that it was, you know, made them angry or sad or scared or very different emotions. Mm. But I just wanted to kind of hear maybe what you thought. About, yeah, or I mean about that or how you process that. Yeah, yeah, we did hear about it and then saw it on the news as well and. Uh, as we're recording this, it was probably a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to talk about it last week. But because of all those emotions that you're talking about, uh, I it was it was too hard. It was too mm-hmm. yeah. And all those that you brought up are true. I mm-hmm. I was angry. I was sad, um, scared. It's I mean yeah. Um, I it, I don't know if proud uh, my pride. W- was probably hurt a little. It's, it's Mm. honestly, it's one of the hardest things for me to live with that I was involved with something like that for so long. Um, I've, Mm. I've been there in the house when it's happened before. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and now I just feel like I just stood by and didn't do anything, which I did. Mm -hmm. So these are all things that are just hard to deal with. Um, so I, I do think um, the faith healing aspect of followers is something we should talk about on here. Um, okay. For me, it brought up questions my whole life, really. There were just inconsistencies all along the way. I mean, do you, when was, like, how young were you when you first started thinking about it? Do you remember? Um, I was probably, I would say, either preteen or early teen. Okay. When, so some things that looking back, I think God used to open my eyes over the, over mm-hmm. the years. But, uh, I remember people talking about it. It's, it's one of those things I can't remember if I remember the person saying it from the pulpit or if I remember everybody talking about it, but a comment was made that, um, we haven't lost a mother in childbirth yet. And, and that was made by the leader of mm-hmm. the church at the time. And uh, I remember people talking about that. And it was talked about in a way like that was proof that we were blessed by God, that we were protected from these things. Because mm-hmm. we didn't go to the hospital for childbirth. We did those at home with right. midwives. And mm-hmm. um, a huge majority of those went just fine. Right. Um, but... So after that, then we did lose oh. a couple of mothers, a, a few. I, I don't remember exactly how many, but it seemed like 
they were close together. And I remember thinking, well, if, if we were blessed by God when we didn't lose, and we were proud of the fact that we had not lost any mothers in childbirth, what, what's going on now? If we are, doesn't that mean mm-hmm. we're wrong? And I, the logic just wasn't, wasn't what anybody wanted to talk about. I mean, these are, I didn't ask those till later because when I was that young, I just, I just dealt with these questions by myself. Sure. Like, sure. Um, but yeah, there, there's just so many inconsistencies like that, that, that you see with, with faith healing that I could never get, I could never get answers to. Like we, we went to the dentist, we went to the eye doctor and, but we didn't go to a doctor, doc, like for mm-hmm. anything else, we didn't go. Um, it changed over time. And some of the inconsistencies is that everybody draws their lines in different places. Uh, oh, right. At my house, when I was a kid, we went to the dentist and we could get Novocaine at the dentist. But if you got a tooth pulled or something, when you came home, you didn't take painkillers. for so, so, the, so the line was the dentist's office door, and mm-hmm. when you walked out, you're on your own. Yeah, for our house for it was. House. But I had family that was, no, if you're going to go to the dentist and you're going to put your trust in that man, then you do what that man tells you. And if he prescribes painkillers, then you take those too. And it's like, man, I just can't. I just can't make any sense out of any of okay. this. Like it, it just, it just never added up or like why, why eyes and teeth, but not stomach or mm-hmm. heart or, you know, um, there, the Lord did make it very clear to me at one point in my life, um, that he is very capable of operating inside the hospital. If, if you're oh, there, we, mm-hmm. I had uh, my nephew had uh, something called Tetralogy of Fallot, which is just a fancy way of saying there's four different problems with your heart. It's, oh, okay. That's the tetra in there. There's mm-hmm. four problems with his heart, and he was a baby. I mean, months old. Okay. And we had gone through... Uh, as a church, we had gone through some parents getting prosecuted for their children dying, and uh, the church was very divided on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my sister and her husband eventually made the decision that they were going to take their baby in, and uh, they found out he needed open-heart surgery as a, wow. I want to say, three months old or I, I could be off on that a little bit, but a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went and I was struggling with it. It, mm-hmm. it was, it's a hard place to be. It's unfamiliar. I've, I've been in a hospital like a handful of times in my whole life. So mm-hmm. it's a, uh, and did you go then? Yeah, we, we went. Okay. Yeah, okay. we were, we were definitely in support of, her. Getting okay. yes, in her, and getting care for children at this time, and um, we went up there, and they, we drove all the way up, took a day off work, and they said, "We're not going to operate today. We want to take one more X-ray." This is, you know, he had been in and out of the hospital a little bit for a month or so, and okay, time to bring him back up. We'll do the surgery, and uh, they brought us up they brought these x-rays out. They said, we want to do new x-rays today. We'll do the surgery later. And 
I was frustrated with that. I, I wanted to just get this over with. It was really inconvenient for me, mm-hmm. completely selfish reasons. But I, my sister asked me to come and look at these x-rays with her because she didn't understand what the doctors were talking about. Sure. And so I, I went and they very clearly uh, showed me one, one of the problems is they, they have to put in an artificial little valve, valve yeah. in, the, in their heart and it's to get anyway, blood from one area of the heart to the other, and mm-hmm. he was missing that. And so they had to add that. That's one of the four problems. And I really struggled with the idea that that was going to be something that he would outgrow. So like every five that to seven years. Real, I mean, that's a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. Every five to seven years, you he would have to go back in. And I just couldn't see, I couldn't make that makes sense. Like I was questioning God about that. Like, mm-hmm. why, why? And we came up to do the surgery and the doctor came out like teary eyed and said, I don't know how to explain it, but they were able to use something like the flesh in his heart and create that tube. So He's never had to go back in. But they since. did do surgery, though. They did. Oh yeah, they oh, did oh, open oh, heart okay. surgery. And when they were in there, they were they were able to fashion this right. thing that was going to have to be artificial out of him, and mm-hmm. and it it grew with him. And grew with him. Yeah. He's never had to go back. His checkups, as far as I know, have been completely good. And and it was just. Uh, I mean, there was no way I could argue that that was a miracle. That, that's probably the mm-hmm. biggest miracle as far as healing that I've ever seen. So is that what the expectation um, was that God works by faith outside the hospital, but so don't go to the hospital. Absolutely. But in the hospital, you were surprised. This is what you're saying. You're surprised that actually God healed him in a miraculous way in the hospital. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense to me, I guess. And then when I went to... I mean, pe- people would say, if you're in the hospital, your your prayers aren't getting through the ceiling. Like, you're, God's not hearing you from inside there. Okay. Uh, but I don't think I believed that, but I was still, I mean, it, when you see a miracle, it doesn't matter where you are. It's impressive <laughs> to you, whether you're in a hospital or not. Okay. And, and you're saying that's one of the inconsistencies, right? Yeah. Because it did get through, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And I, when I went and told people about it, I had someone tell me, I just don't think God works that way. Like, like, well, okay. what's your explanation then? You know, mm-hmm. it, right. but um, anyway, so that was just a, that was just a way that God made it very clear to me and just broke down a barrier for me of, um, I don't think that faith healing is something that, uh, is required uh, by God, okay. uh, and and I think I think there's some dangers to it. One of them is that it becomes uh, you can tell if someone's living right by the blessings they're getting. If there's healing, then they must have a lot of faith. If there's not healing, then there must be a lack of faith somewhere. Or what have they been up to? Would even be like oh, like there's some shenanigans mm-hmm. that they, mm-hmm. that they're not reporting, but now you know that right. there's in their life because they're not getting right. 
blessings. Right. And so it's uh, faith healing really, to me, just goes hand in hand with a works-based doctrine, with uh, believing that you have to live a certain way to earn your salvation. Well, see, I think, you know, I think there are a lot of people who, you know, it's one thing if, if you say that and mm-hmm. you say, you know, this is how we think it works. If you if you're living right, you get blessed. If you're not living right, you don't get blessed. And you say that that's one thing. It's another thing, though. And this I see out you know outside followers all the time, when people say, "Oh, grace, grace," and then they act as though, you know, all my blessings are because I'm living right, or yeah. you know, what's God, you know, what's God doing to me? Right, when things are going wrong. And so, I mean, I, this is a big problem for all of us because I think we're all wired that way but but you're right not right. to this extreme in this situation you're right i mean i'm not trying to yeah. say it's the same everywhere but well it just gets hard for people too to know where to draw their lines and and really the more the more you try to get strict about that and say well this is where the line is it's usually the people that aren't facing the immediate trial that are saying this is what the expectation is and and you you feel this pressure then to, I mean, if I take my child to the hospital, if that's the best thing for them, they're not going to have much of a future out here. People are going to mark them as someone who's been to the hospital or in a family who takes their kids to the hospital. This became a... Yeah, and I mean, you'll be marked as somebody who... Oh, yeah, yeah. um, Which is, you know... There's an element, what, I mean, what I hear you describing is that there's an element of um, like measuring yourself by others. So it, there, there's, there's two things. And there's the, there's a works base, like am I measuring up before God? But then you've just added a different layer to say, am I measuring up in front of other people? Right. And right. that level of, you know, performance anxiety. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a wrong way to say that probably, but... It's a, it's a real thing, you yeah. know. The, am I meeting the community standards? Right. Sort of. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, very, it's a very difficult place to be in when, when you've got a sick child, and you've been wired your whole life to be mm-hmm. concerned about what these people around me think, and that affects the way you care for your child even. Right. And it's, um, I mean, it's, it's a really, really difficult place to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, I couldn't imagine. I, yeah. It, and then the, the other side of it is that I think faith healing gives us the wrong view of what faith even is that, that faith is that, that God somehow, like it's the fuel for God, like that God mm. blesses based on how much intake he gets from us, from our faith, and then blesses us. And because when when I've heard people talk about it out there, about like when this good thing happens, when this blessing happens, then that's God showing us that the church is right. Mm-hmm. But when this bad thing happens or when, when the thing we want to happen doesn't happen, well, then we... God must have just not been able to because we didn't provide enough faith for him to bless us or 
some people will look at it like he's punishing us for our lack of faith. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, I think. So either way, it's on you. It's on you, and we're. Which, which, you know, if you think about it that way, if it's on you, how is that faith? Faith in what? Faith in yourself, sort of. Yeah. Because, you know, I really want to be the kind of person who has enough that makes somehow I can make this happen. Right. Which is back to that peer pressure, trying to measure up to others. Well, and kind well, of thing. yeah, the secondary thing is then yeah. I want other people to think I'm the mm -hmm. kind of person that has it in, in me yeah. to do that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But it's the, the idea that um, God only loves us once we get to a certain level of faith is something that I felt most of my life. Like mm -hmm. the, God's just going to be angry with me until I reach this certain level of faith, and then I'll gain, I'll earn His favor. Mm -hmm. And did you uh, make it? No, <laughs> Jesus <Yeah>. did. <laughs> it's, uh, so yeah, no, you you would the the more you try to do that. Once I should say, once God opened my eyes to the fact that that's what I was trying to do, mm. that's when I realized. Even at the time where I thought I might have been getting close, I, you're so far away. Well, I mean, you mean you're so far away because you're depending on yourself. Yeah. See, I mean, that's really what the faith yeah. comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. it's, I think, I mean, we've talked about, we've talked about the inconsistencies of it. We've talked about the faith part of it and what, it's like a misunderstanding of what faith is. Mm -hmm. But I think the I think the most criminal part of it, I think the worst part of it is that we're we're treating the faith healing like it's something that we have to do in addition to what Jesus has already done. Like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. uh, when people were coming into the church, when families were coming in, you know, a hundred years ago now. Okay. Um, you don't remember this. No, I don't remember. But I've I've read the stories and I've heard oh, okay. them my whole life. I mean, okay. this was our gospel. the The way our family came into this church was how we were saved. So I heard these stories passed down my whole life, and the stories were that we're just glad that we had the faith to join or that our grandparents had the faith to join because some didn't because they couldn't give up their doctors. They liked what we were, mm -hmm. what, what they were hearing, but they couldn't give up their medicine. And so it's just this, this idea of having to add something to the gospel or, or to what Jesus has already done. Adding something to the work of Jesus. Yeah. And, I think that is the worst part of it, that, that we're adding this additional expectation. When, mm. And the, the pain and the anguish that we could avoid by just putting our trust in Jesus. Mm. It's um, as hard as, as it is having been in a house when this happened, the freedom that you feel, the forgiveness that you feel from knowing that that has been nailed to the cross, that is forgiven. Mm. Um, it's, there's, there's nothing, nothing better than that mm -hmm. to me, to, 
to know that it doesn't depend on what I do or who I please. It just is dependent on what Jesus has already done. And I, th- I, I think it's probably worth, you know, pausing there for a second and thinking about what, when you're talking about what, what uh, adding to the gospel, you're talking about, um, I think, a couple different things. I mean, I think you're, you, one, you might be saying, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just trying to make mm-hmm. sure I understand. <clears throat> but one, you're saying that my um, my faith in what Jesus has accomplished is not enough to, shall I say, merit his full blessing. Mm. So you're adding your own faith, particularly around medicine or non-medicine, to get the full package, kind of. That one of the things you're saying? Yeah, that is that is definitely a, an idea of it. it. And it comes from that idea, like we've talked about before, that that the gospel is too easy, that grace is too easy. There must be more to it. Mm-hmm. We, and and this is part of what the followers found is this faith healing. We, we put our faith in God alone and not in man for our healing. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't, I don't see that in the Bible. And, and I've seen the results of it for my whole life. Right. And, um, they're not. They're not good. This is a, yeah. yeah. Well, it strikes me as kind of a false separation, like God can use no means here, or the means of our prayers, or the means of our faith, but He can't use the means of a doctor or of medicine or of surgery. Like right. those means are out of bounds for God. Where these other, the, when I say means, I mean talking about the ends and the means. Mm-hmm. The end of healing somebody is that they're. Yes, God, you're going to cut God off from some of the means He might use to heal somebody. Now, you, I mean, if you think about that, there's all sorts of ways. I mean, I say I think that we should have an agrarian society, mm-hmm. and I go to the grocery store and I say, well, "How did this, you know, celery get in the produce stand?" Well, by means of a truck. Well, but I think we should have celery in the field. I mean, right. so you're you're saying the trucks are a mean. They're they're not a good means, but picking right. it yourself is the right means. And I think that there's all sorts of intermediate kinds of things that the Lord uses for you know really all kinds of purposes. Yeah. Um, and the followers aren't the only ones that come up with these different things that no, need to be added or uh, required. Um, so, I mean, it's, again, it's not, it's not unique no. to them. This just happens to be what they've chosen mm-hmm. um, over time. And, you know, it was something I had to, I had to go look to the Bible for, okay. for the answers on this um, because you, you do hear uh, from, in James, that that would be the number one place where mm-hmm. if there are any sick among you to call on the elders of the church and let them pray, anointing you with oil, and and the Lord will raise them up. And mm-hmm. um, that that's there. I believe there. that's yeah. true. Ironically, the followers are not doing that right now because there are no elders of the church. Right. So they're they're not holding. If they're saying this is why we're required to do this, 
they're not doing it. So if it's mm-hmm. a by the letter of the law kind of a thing, they don't then have you're the, yeah they don't have the letter because they don't have elders. You're right? you're yeah. falling down on this side of it. Mm-hmm. So you're you're pointing out the flaw of people going to doctors instead of first of all you're making an assumption that they're not calling on the elders of the church and and letting them know. I mean we hear prayer requests from people that are mm-hmm. going to the hospital that the Bible doesn't say you can't. There's well, see, I think that's some of where the the line is drawn in the wrong place mm-hmm. because there, it, that text says call the elders and anoint them with oil and uh, prayer faith will raise them up. And that's great. Yeah. But it doesn't say what not to do there. Yeah. It doesn't say do this instead of. It just says that. And you... You know, there's no reason reading the Bible that you should, as I can tell, reading the Bible that you would say, pray, but don't do the other. I mean, there's no reason to say, I mean, now, if I was a first century person when the Bible was written and they had all kinds of, you know, medicine that was, (laughs) I mean, that's a little different than what we've got now. Um, But I would say it, he doesn't say what to avoid. He just says what to do. Right. And so I want to call on everyone everywhere, like he does in First Timothy, to pray. Yeah. 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 And, you know, you talk about the first century church. I've thought that a lot of times, too, how, how easy it would have been in, I mean, the followers basically started in the Old West. It's mm-hmm. where on all the TV shows I watch, they're drinking whiskey for medicine while they're digging bullets out of their leg or whatever. It's not like doctors mm-hmm. were... They drink whiskey and then... Yeah. <laughs> it leaks out the bullet hole, right? Bite on the rag while yeah. they work on you or whatever. It's not like they were giving anything up with the right. medical treatment. But but they've turned it into where medicine has become an evil, uh, like it's part mm-hmm. of this evil world. And mm-hmm. um, so, but I, I don't think that's, I don't think there's any basis for that mm-hmm. in the Bible. Um, Paul tells Timothy to take a little wine uh, mm-hmm. and the best I can tell is that it has something to do with the quality of the water back then. He, but he says, don't drink water, but take a little wine. For so mm-hmm. it's not, he's not saying never drink water again, yeah. but. Um, and he's saying that the wine, you know, most likely will act as some kind of a disinfectant or some kind of a treatment yeah. for an ailment. Yeah. 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 And uh, the one that meant the most to me was uh, Jesus says in Matthew 9, uh, verse 12, after he's being questioned by who he's choosing to eat with, um, he says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. And I just don't see how Jesus would say something like that if it wasn't okay. Well, or if this. he intended to, to later yeah. put the brakes on a physician. Yeah. You know, yeah. he didn't, he it doesn't appear that he, gave them that illustration, you might say, yeah. with the intent that, but don't ever do this. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Right. Yeah, one that I go to all the time when I'm thinking about these things is Second Timothy 4.20, where um, Paul um, left Trophimus in Miletus ill. Hmm. Now, if, if this... Uh, if he was, if he had the gift of healing, that's a different than the faith healing you're talking mm-hmm. about. But if he was a gifted faith healer, um, I think he would have helped his buddy out. Yeah. But apparently the Lord didn't, and uh, the doctors couldn't, and so he left him. And yeah. I just think that there, the expectation that 
all of us are going to be well is a is another piece of this that I think we probably have to come to grips with is that this life is hard and short and yeah people get sick and die and that's you know <clears throat> we don't simply by our prayers get a free pass from all those things I think you yeah you pray but I think then those things you you know yeah. you take some ibuprofen or you yeah. you know whatever it whatever you have that you need help for you get help yeah yeah and and to be fair I don't think what I've seen it evolve into at followers is not even expecting healing I, oh. I, I don't even think they expect the healing anymore uh, maybe some do I, I mm -hmm. mean I'm not I don't want to make would, a blanket yeah, statement yeah. but what I've seen a lot of is it becomes almost like showing your faith by your willingness to suffer mm. and and then they they would use verses like uh, Romans 12, I think, that says to submit your body as a living sacrifice. And they would say that, they would believe that that means to lay there without medical treatment, just trusting in the Lord to do whatever he's going to allow to happen to you. Uh, if he wants oh, to wow. heal you, he will. And they, even if that means to death, which doesn't, how is that a living sacrifice if it ends up that way? But um, so it's, it's really, like well, I said, well, I, I think the other thing though, that I, I just do want to interject yeah. and kind of how we started is to do that on behalf of someone else yeah. or a child is, is a, oh. a completely a much bigger yeah. leap there. Yeah. It's, uh, um, it, it's, it's really hard to even think about it that way. Right. I mean, I've seen, I've had, it's sad enough. I've had friends, I've had, uh, uncles, parents, mm -hmm. grandparents uh, that don't want to go to the hospital and they want to mm -hmm. do it because they think that's what's required of them. And mm -hmm. they're the ones a lot of times laying there saying, I just don't know if I've done enough. Mm -hmm. And it, it really, I, guess, I mean, we, we sang a song out there um, that was called The Great Physician. And I, I just can't help but think about it as you as you sing these words there's nothing in here about physical healing this is talking about this is talking about the healing of our broken soul soul oh, yeah. and um, and that it's done mm. and that Jesus is that great physician so uh, it it just says this the great physician now is near the sympathizing Jesus. He speaks the drooping heart to cheer. Oh, hear the voice of Jesus. Your, verse 2 is, Your many sins are all forgiven. Oh, hear the voice of Jesus. Go on your way in peace to heaven and wear a crown with Jesus. All glory to the dying lamb. I now believe in Jesus. I love the blessed Savior's name. I love the name of Jesus. And when to that bright world above we rise to be with Jesus, we'll sing around the throne of love, his name, the name of Jesus. So mm. this, the idea of, of a physician, e even the healings that happen in the Bible, they're meant to point us to Jesus. They're, they're meant to uh, put a stamp on what he's saying and what he's mm -hmm. telling them. It's to prove who he is. When the apostles did it, it was to 
prove that their message is true. Um, mm -hmm. We we have God's word where He reveals Himself to us in the Bible, and when we see that He is the great physician for our souls, for our hearts, um, it's easier to be like like Paul when he says he rejoices in suffering, and we we can take the physical ailments that we need to deal with and we can see that they're just not anywhere near as important as the need that we have to be reconciled mm -hmm. to God through Jesus. And, and I think going back to the, you know, when you're talking about being reconciled to God, the, there is just such freedom when you are reconciled to God mm -hmm. and you know, I mean, Romans five, one there, you therefore have peace with God to our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, you have peace with God. You yeah. don't have to do something else. Yeah. And so what that just gives you freedom. Yeah. And the um, there's therefore now no condemnation, Romans 8, 1, there's no mm -hmm. condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I mean, this is, when you're talking about the gospel, the, this is the good news. Yeah. So that you don't have to do these other things in order to get away from condemnation or in, to earn peace with God. And I, in what, you know, when you were saying add to the gospel, I think that's the real tragedy is that there is freedom in this gospel. There is just this certainty that mm -hmm. I am loved and accepted by God. And yeah. if I, if somehow I have to take that away and say, you're loved and accepted if you do this or if you do yeah. this or if you don't go to the hospital or whatever the case may be, and so, I mean, I, I guess when you're talking about the work of Jesus, it is the work of Jesus that reconciles us to God and gives us that peace with God so that we don't, I mean, and there's then once Jesus has done that, yeah, he's done that. It's done. We don't do something to add to it. Yeah. And the, the freedom that you're talking about from, from my experience being on mm. the other side of it now and and being able to freely make the best decision for my child or grandchild or whatever without having to be concerned with what others around me are going to expect me to do mm -hmm. or uh, make me explain why I'm doing it. You can just be, you can just be focused on what's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And when, when we're going through these trials, God wants us looking to Jesus, not looking to the people around us. Mm -hmm. and, and he made that abundantly clear to me. It, it just, that was just part of, because the people around me were very important to me, what they thought of me. It mm -hmm. was, and that was how it all started for me, was realizing that nobody here can do anything for me. Like, mm. no, and you, I just want people to come to that point when they're not right in the middle of the hardest time of their life. You know, when they're not facing the hardest decision that they're ever going to have to make, I want them to come to that freedom so that they're mm -hmm. ready to just turn to Jesus for their needs at that time and not have to bother with the well, rest get of the, it. get the help that you need. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you're, yeah. Absolutely. And it's, um, my hope is that as horrible as what happened uh, is that it does open some people's eyes mm -hmm. and uh, ultimately get them to look for their answers somewhere other than in the 
the traditions, the, the inconsistencies, um, you can find it in the Bible Mm -hmm. and, um, pray for help and God will give it to you. And he, he wants to reveal himself to you. So I would just Mm -hmm. encourage people to, um, come to him. Don't wait. My, My mom used to say to me, don't, don't wait until you need God to try and get close to God. That's really good advice. It is. That's really <laughs> it is. good advice. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't take it very often in my life, but um, I, I think it is very good advice. Mm-hmm. So, Well, I know this has been a hard thing to talk about. I appreciate you talking about it with me, Mark. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to. Thanks. Well, hopefully this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website, www.onerightchurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.